witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And for today's Witch in Time, we have a book. Actually, before I even say the name of the book, I want to say this book has been on our radar. Yes. But the reason that it's here right now is because somebody wrote in and said, hey, are you guys going to do this book? And the book is Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft, Slavic Magic from the Witch of the Woods by Madame Pamita from 2022. And someone wrote about it. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. So we have a spreadsheet. We have the whole year planned out. But, you know, if people have good ideas, we just move stuff. Yeah. Because if you want to hear about this book, we're going to talk about it. And by the way, I loved it. So who is Madame Pamita? First of all, she has another book out called The Book of Candle Magic. And she's a Ukrainian diaspora witch. She's also the owner of the online spiritual apothecary, Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders. So the website is parlorofwonders.com. And she's also got a YouTube series, Candle Magic Class, and I mean, weekly magic Q&A, tea party, and a lot more. So I feel like she's got it going on. This is the person. This book was amazing. I, I'm gonna, We're going to talk about how it's broken down. Yeah. And I think she did a beautiful job with that. And it made me feel almost like a kid again. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing. I don't feel this book is for me. Now, I know Mara said that she gave permission right mm -hmm. in her book. And she talked about it on the interview that anybody who wants to come to Welsh culture is welcome, that they are a welcoming people. I'm not saying the Ukrainians aren't. I've known Ukrainian people. They're lovely. Right. But. This is specifically theirs. Yeah. And we're talking about a country that is in turmoil right now, that people are trying to wipe out their culture. So I say, if you're not Ukrainian, support this woman, buy the book, learn about this because it's beautiful. But would I take it? No. I have respect for it. Again, nowhere here is to say it's a closed practice. I just feel that it is. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about like I have how I have Ukrainian relatives. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not Ukrainian, but I have relatives who are Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. And it's this is like great because it's something I could talk to them about. Or like the Ukrainian yes. people I know, it's great. That's like, oh, I want right. to talk to you about this. Right. And we have like a, a way to connect to each other. And some of the stuff she talks about, and, and I want to talk about this as we get into the book, some of the stuff she talks about is very similar to the things that I do in my own practice, right? right? In the way that like cultures line up with each other mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by virtue of having humans in them. But I agree with you at no point did I read this book. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Right. Um, if I'm, if I met a Ukrainian witch and that Ukrainian witch taught me herself how to make pisanki or do um, Vishivanka done hundred percent, I will do that. But right. I'm not going to take it from this book. Right. So, I, I again, I just want to encourage people. I think these are the people we need to support. Yeah. Right. Considering everything that's going on in the world, um, byproducts from Ukrainian people. But, yeah, unless unless uh, Madame Pamita tells me she wants to show me or, you know what I mean? Like, yes, And I mean, hey, Madame Pamita, if you want to come on anytime, oh let us know. And let us know if you'd like us to reach out because I would love to talk to her. Yeah. I love to talk to witches that don't do what I do. But like you said, you know, when she's talking about ancestor work, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like so mm -hmm. much of it connects. 
but yeah, I'm not going to do the things on here, but I still think it's a beautiful book to read. Um, okay. So let's start with, I'm going to start with the quote because it comes yes, in the preface. You have to. Yeah. I have to start with the quote. I don't know why I haven't started with the quote before, but bones survive. Whenever the blood and the flesh have disintegrated, the bones will remain. And I know people are going to say, but don't bones also disintegrate? But I don't think that's what she means, right? Mm -hmm. The bones, the bones, the ancestors, the people, the culture, it will survive even when you're gone. And it's what she's doing with this book, making sure that it survives. These are the bones. I had a thought. Yes. And it, oh, this is so, this is so on brand. What? Okay. Well, I was thinking about how this is so ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, my brain works like this. And I know that this doesn't make any sense logically how I got here, but okay. you said that you read it. And like, I read the book, I read that sentence, but you said it. And I was like, oh my God, it's like when you have like an ADHD uh, thing where you just like go off and you're so distracted and you can't get anything done, but you built a habit that acts as a structure so that you can get back into the thing. Like it's the structure survives the the stability yeah brings back so even when all of my coping skills have melted away the structure of like okay well we do this every night yeah keeps you from like fully going off the edge of like distractibility there you go yeah i like that it's my brain <laughs> she's weird <laughs> so we talked about how the structure of the book now yes. you said structure let's talk about the structure of the book so she starts every chapter with myth, almost like a fairy tale, right? And then after the little story, and the story will continue in the next chapter. So it's not like separate stories. It's like mm -hmm. it starts in chapter one and it keeps evolving. We keep hearing the story. After that, then it's the it's the information, tale, um, instructions, warning, whatever you want to call it, from Baba Yaga herself. And then the author comes in yeah, and talks about it. So she is really, I don't know if this story is an actual story that she's just retelling. It yeah, probably so is. The right? story of Vaselina and Baba, Baba Yaga is one that I have actually read previously. Okay. So for okay. me, this was, a, this was wonderful because not only is it like, oh, this is a great retelling of the story, but like to break it, like the way she breaks each chapter down, having it start with the myth, mm -hmm. she's talking about the thing in the myth. So it's, I read this and I was like, I want this book for Hellenismos because it's so grounded. It's mm. so like, like talk about structure. It's so rooted in the culture and in the story to go right. through Vaselina's whole journey and meeting Baba Yaga and doing all of this and taking each bit and then saying, okay, well, the beginning of the story, we're going to talk about Vishivanka, the magical stitches. Later in the story, we're going to talk about the witch the Vidma and all the other words that go with it later in the story. Like it just is such, it's such a smart and clever way to structure the book, to give it that like oomph of this is Ukrainian culture. Right. And I also liked that she follows it up with Baba Yaga herself yes. writing as Baba Yaga. I've never seen a book where, whether you want to call her a goddess, an ancestor, a witch, where they are the ones telling the story, where they're mm -hmm. kind of clarifying. You know, oh, you didn't know this, right? She gets very personal as though she was talking to you, the reader, 
well, let me tell you more about this. And then she comes in and there's the more, what we're used to, right? Yes. The actual, the, the witch of today writing about this thing. And um, she gives you recipes, visuals for things. If she tells you how to do something, she's going to take you step by step. Especially if you're not from the culture, she has drawings there so that you yeah. know what it should look like before she goes on to the next chapter. So that's basically the, the formatting of the book, which I think really works. It's very different. And it's cozy. It's a cozy read. I almost feel like when I first saw the book, it, it's a large book, large in size, not how many pages. It's 300 pages. Which is a decent I, size. Yeah. But when I looked at it, I went, oh, this thing is going to be a monster to get through. And it isn't that. It isn't. You know? And maybe it's because I wasn't planning on stopping and making the thing at the end yeah. of every chapter. But yeah, it, it wasn't a monster at all. And and like I said, it was made me feel like a kid reading these stories and then, you know, having Baba Yaga herself explain things I thought was really cool. So, okay. So where should we start? Should we just go chapter by chapter or are there chapters that you want to? I don't think that which space goes chapter by chapter anymore because there's too much <laughs> to say however i would like to spend a short moment in chapter one okay. um, with the cross stitch and with mm. all of the beautiful cross stitch sort of templates or imagery that she has yes. in the book because it got me thinking about covid um and how i was embroidering when we were all in lockdown and so uh, the Vishivanka are the sort of traditional embroidery of Ukrainian people. She talks about it being passed down from like grandmother to mother to daughter, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there are specific talismanic embroidery designs that are used in this embroidery and includes beautiful pictures, um, you know, the circle, the oak, the poppy, the tree of life. They're, they're really lovely. And you can see how they're meant to look in sort of that cross-stitch style, which I think is really helpful if you are going to do it as a Ukrainian or Slavic person. Um, but when I thought about it, I embroidered a lot of like crying eyes. And I remember being like, well, I'm not sad. It just is like a cool, it just like looked cool. But I think that maybe it was, if I thought about it more at the time, it was more spiritual than I originally thought that like, maybe that was a talisman of like, okay, maybe I'm giving myself protection against that sadness. Maybe that's what that talisman is. Um, and so it was really, it, it gave me a different context for things that I do in my life that allowed me to be like, oh, this is more magical than I originally thought, which was one of the things I think I really liked about this book. Cause obviously I'm not going to go embroider traditional Ukrainian designs in my embroidery. I'm not Ukrainian. Right. But why not embroider a sigil or something else that you've created right. into your clothing in a spot maybe where depends whether you want people to see it or not. And I it think it's something you could do. You can add to your magic. Reading it in the terms of like, this is a historical culture that has done this for generations mm -hmm. also makes it more powerful for me. Like I, mm. I'm sure that at some point I've put a sit and spell. It was like, oh, do embroidery. You can embroider stuff. And, but I'm coming at it from a spell design standpoint where I'm like right. this is a thing you can do here are the reasons this would work to read then like not only did this work but it kept working and so we've been doing it for so long 
it, it reminds you really powerfully why we do magic in the first place. Mm. And I think if you read this book for no other reason, a lot of these chapters remind you why we do magic in the first place. I love that. So I know you want to, you said we're not going chapter by chapter, but now I'm like, I kind of want to talk about chapter two. <laughs> Go for it. The living poppet. Okay. So I feel like everybody knows what a poppet is. Every witch has worked yeah. with poppets, but this is a really, uh, to me, it was a really interesting way of seeing something else. This idea of the dolls are more than just, because when we think of poppets or when I think of poppets, I'm thinking of a cloth doll that I'm going to do something and maybe I'm going to have one poppet for healing, one poppet for something else. And that's it here. We're talking about, yes, if a kid is sick, you could give them a poppet that would help heal them. But there's also a poppet that if you died would be buried with you. Mm -hmm. So this idea of poppets being more than just used for one purpose, but different purposes. I also was fascinated with the idea that poppets don't have faces and they specifically don't have eyes. And she mentions how they are, the eyes are the windows to the soul. We've heard that a million times. Mm -hmm. So why would you let something else? You don't know what could come in. So, and I feel that, I don't know if we talk about that enough as witches, you know, we talk about protection and guarding, but this idea of when you're doing a spell, where's the loophole, right? Mm -hmm. Where's the thing that you've left open for something? So if you have a poppet and it has a face and what's funny is that mine don't. And that's mostly because I can't really, I'm not creative that way. I'm not good. But if I were good, I probably would have put a face and eyes on it. But since I'm not, I'm just like, okay, this is a head, like a gingerbread man, except yes. I don't even do the eyes or anything. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going to go with that. But No, I love that. I think I'm going to say some shit. All right, go go off. Let's see. I'm going to say some shit. Well, okay, so we talked in a previous episode. We, was it? I think it was the Book of Lilith where I was like, am I actually conservative? Um, not in the, again, not in the political way, but in the like, I think kind of yes, right? Because when you say that, I'm like, yeah, we've moved into a society that is like inherently futurist, right? We think about the future a lot. And so we don't think about the fact that like in the past, our ancestors were like, fully afraid that shit was coming to get them. Yeah. And I think that that translates into modern witchcraft too. Like the way we, the way we modern witches interact with spirits, I think is probably much more casually than previous generations would have. And so we're not thinking about things like, well, where's the hole that I left to let some creepy spooky thing in? Okay. So I guess this is where I'm going to show that I'm older than you. Um, my whole life was being worried that some spooky fucking shit was going to come into my house or come and get me. Okay. But I blame, I'm just going to blame my mom and now she's going to hear this and I'm going to get a phone call going, what do you mean you blame me? Hi, Scorpio's mom. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but there was always this idea of protect yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I wore an um, asabache for so much of my life, right? Um, amulets, just anything. My grandmother had so many amulets. A lot of them were passed down to me. This idea of like something could attach itself to you. Mm -hmm. Be careful or something's going to attach itself to you. So for me, this was like, oh my God, like I needed to read this because this is something else that's going to go in my brain now of how uh -huh. things can get in and get me. Uh -huh. You know, um, I, I don't think that I'm this bad anymore. I've come, I've kind of come to uh, an age 
and I've said this on a previous podcast where it's like, don't go into the woods and go into a fairy circle. You know what? I don't know. Why not? You know, and maybe it's going to come and bite me in the butt. Yeah. But I'm kind of at that point in my life right now yeah. where I'm like, yeah, all right. You want to come in my house? All right. And let's see if you get out. Let's see who makes it out of this house kind of thing. But Actually, my life was like this. So you're talking about going to a fairy circle. I saw a TikTok that was on Instagram because I don't have TikTok, but I saw it was like an, um, an Irish comedian talking about his grandparents getting like old and losing their memory. And he referred to it as, well, they're away with the fairies. Mm. Oh shit. Maybe it's not like inherently me. Like that's not inherently a bad thing. Right. That like, Oh, we're like, there's a kind way to refer to this like debilitating disease. Oh, they're off with the fairies. Like, you know what? That makes it sound less miserable. So like, maybe there is a point where you're going to be off with the fairies. Maybe. And I'm totally okay with that. Which now that you mentioned that brings us, unless you want to say something else about the living poppet to chapter three. Stop it. We're going in order. Okay, we're not, after this, we're going we're gonna to skip. Choose no, it's chapter, fine. It's fine. Care. Yes. To the Domovic. Right. The spirit of the house. Yes. And I love the idea of tell, talking to the spirit of the house, having a relationship. When I was a kid, I know I've talked about the little dead girl in Puerto Rico that I be- befriended, the little ghost. Yes. But I also used to have invisible friends in my house. Of course you did. And I wonder if I was actually talking to the spirit of the house. And now I feel bad that I never invited him to move with us. So I don't know. I mean, I know I said I wasn't going to do these things. And I'm not thinking of going into the ways that she did about yes. calling him. But it's not the first time that we've heard this idea of the spirit of the house again a lot of this stuff you if you're a witch already you're going to read this and you're going to go oh my goodness i do this i do that oh this is different this is different but i do this it also shows what i've always said the reason to read books from other traditions is so that we realize how much we have in common so when Mm -hmm. you meet another witch you go yeah i get you right so anyway, it's annoying that we're doing that we are going to go in order because I do actually it's like, oh, yeah, I do want to talk about this. One of the <laughs> things that I've been working on in mm-hmm. my Hellenismos is is house spirits. Right. So we have like Agathos Daemon, who is someone I've talked about before, the like snake that is everybody's like everybody has their own protector of their house, their their own Agathos Daemon. He would be the the Domovic of Hellenismos. But you also have Zook Katisios, who is literally Zeus who protects like your stores and your larders and you make a little jar like in honor of him. And I I think I posted on sit and spell a while back about why not do sourdough for Zeus Katisios. And then you read about Domovic and he lives behind the oven. Yeah. So it's this, this constant like layering. And I think that that also, you know, we, we as human beings, as much as we are all individual special snowflakes, I mean that in the nice way, we're all still crystallized ice falling yeah. from the sky, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's so, it's so wholesome. And so mm-hmm. like, it makes me feel so connected when it's like, oh, I do that. I do that. Yeah. Right. Like when we share that together, it's, I'm, I'm conservative. I'm like, I'm regressive. What's the, what's a nice word for like, I care about the past. I need a nice word for this. Traditional? Traditional. I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm traditional and this warms my heart. Yeah. I don't think that's conservative. I think that, um, I think traditional was a better word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
But I think witches for the most part are. I think sometimes they're not. Oh, they don't care about the past at all. Some, I think that there is, I don't think that it's that they don't care about the past. I think that what, what I'm seeing personally in this push for cultural texts, right? In this, like, we're, we're looking back at the roots of our practices is indicative of the fact that for many years, witchcraft wasn't like that. That it was much more about, let's look to the future. Let's take this new and interesting and, and creative ways. And I think that like the roots in ceremonial magic are also kind of that because ceremonial magic took so much and said, I'm just doing whatever I want with it. That now I think a lot of us are reaching back. And I mean, even the two of us on the podcast are reaching back towards something that is, tra is traditional, but is also more grounded. I think the reason for that, and I, I mean, just my opinion, and we've talked about this a little bit, we are now getting away from what we were told yeah. was witchcraft, right? We have these people in the past. Some of them, again, I'm really happy we did the books that we did in the past. As yes. problematic as some of these people are, they are in the past. But I think that what we've realized is they are not our past. They yes. are the path, the past of the beginning of recognizing witches, period. Yes. Religion or not, they're the beginning. Now that we're here, we're all going, okay, but there is a past and we have the internet and we have, we have ways of reaching out to other people, other elders and going, yeah. okay, what is this? And have people that can actually guide us. So I think that's where the past kind of comes in. Like, I think it's important for us to know this because sometimes you wonder, well, how much was invented? Apparently not. Mm -hmm. Was it stolen from Slavic tradition? Right. Quite possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But it might be. Eh. All right. So where do you want to go next? Let's not go chapter four. I would Let's like to talk four. about what? Uh, chapter four? Lisa Vic, Lisa Vic. Chapter oh, five. Lord of the I would like to skip to chapter five. Wow. We skipped <laughs> a whole chapter. chapter. <laughs> okay. But let's just say chapter four is the crossroads, which, yeah. Honestly, everybody should read. It's very cute and interesting. I like the idea of like multiple crossroads being involved. Yes. I was just going to say she goes through the different crossroads. So, yeah. But I but, will yeah, also say that like, I feel like crossroads are sort of like, okay, yeah. We, we've talked about Crossroads a lot. Yeah. People talk about Crossroads a lot. Read that. Enjoy it. We don't need yeah. to talk about it right now. No. Um, so we have the Lord of the Forest. And then the next chapter is the Lord of the Lake. So Yeah, I did also want to talk about Spirits of the that. Lake. Okay, so you want to talk about them together kind of? Five and six. Yeah. Lord of the Forest. Very cool. It's giving Kernunos. Yeah. It, it gives Kernunos to me. Yeah. Very like scraggly man in the woods. Um, I love the way she describes like, well, you know, if he's not in his true form, like if he's a human, he might have his shoes on the wrong feet or he might not have an ear. And like, that's how, you know, that's who he is. I'm like, oh damn. Okay. It's a little different. Like shoes on the wrong feet. Not the same as no ear, <laughs> different energy. Um, honestly, if a guy, if somebody came up to me and didn't have an ear, I would just be like, okay, you don't have an ear. If your shoes are on the wrong feet, I'm like, are you okay? Like one yeah. is very clearly a sign and the other one is just a dude. Yeah, I know. The thing that I really want to talk about in this chapter, though, is 
something that Madame Pamita actually talks about is dendrotherapy techniques. Okay. Which is that it, uh, in, I'm going to read this as a quote in dendrotherapy. It is believed that each species of tree offers a different type of energy. Some trees are seen as donors that offer energy when we are feeling depleted while others are seen as receiving trees, the so-called vampire trees that take mm-hmm. away negative or unwanted energy. Yes. This shit is so cool. <laughs> this is so cool. Okay, so this is going to sound completely insane. Go for it. All right. Okay, so you know what you know how I drive to work. I go up through the mountain. Yeah. Do you go through the mountain now that you live? I do go through the mountain now. Okay. So, um, and then I make the left and you make the right. Yes. And you get off the mountain. Yeah. So um sometimes I used to do it every morning, but sometimes I kind of like would open myself up. Mm-hmm. As I'm driving, because, you know, there's nobody on the road when I'm driving and literally like put like I'm, I should have both hands on the wheel, but I don't. So I have one hand kind of out, like, mm-hmm. you know, like doing like Reiki. And I swear sometimes I feel like energy coming in and sometimes I feel like they're just taking stuff out. And I just thought that was just like my relationship with the trees, like with the spirits of the trees. And now I you're like, maybe feel- it's a cooler, different thing. Yeah. You know, um, because to me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm also really tired in the morning and super dark now when <laughs> we go to work. So it's just kind of like, hey, hi, guys. Yeah. I'm like, especially like the first day of school. And I feel like they're cheering me on. They're kind of like, you got this. You got this. You Love know, some that. days I'm like, oh, my God, like what kind of day? You know, and it's kind of like high five. That's where it yeah. kind of started. Like I was high five. I mean, even though my hands are not out the window, obviously, yeah. but it was just kind of like a high five. Um and I swear, I feel something. I feel something in my hand. So when I was reading this chapter, I was like, yeah, I get this. Like, absolutely. I also noticed that with the crossroads and then now with this, she talks about solitary spirits or working solitary. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like, so now get your friends and let's all do this. Yeah. You know, it really is a lot of like, you are the witch doing all this and the spirits are the spirits working with you. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, well, we do shoot. So great, great segue because in chapter six, mm. the Rusalki or the one singular Rusalka are the spirits of the lake. And those are typically like, a group you're typically like there's a couple of rosalka or a group of rosalka rosalka right. together um and they're the oldest spirits known yes she says yeah which is very cool because they're also women women <laughs> they're girls we love it <laughs> i wish people yeah i don't want to record us but i do wish people could see me just being a fool sometimes <laughs> my little peace signs and my tongue out like they're women <laughs> um the reason I wanted to talk about the Rasalka is actually because this is, I had read about them previously and this text is kinder to the Rasalki than the text that I had read. Um, no. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head because it was many years ago. I don't know if it was um, a witchcraft book or if it was just a mytho- mythology book, but this, this text is, is kind to them. And uh, I think that's part of also like the having the Baba Yaga write about what's going on. Baba Yaga tells us earlier in the book that like, I'm not all bad. I'm also these other things. And then comes in and says, well, yeah, like she, I'm going to, I'm reading it from the book. Yes, they can be capricious, but to call them vengeful. Well, that's just evil gossip. And yeah, I really love when we do this also to be able to like 
I'm going to take this book more seriously than the book I read in the past that I don't remember yeah. because this book is written by someone who is from the culture. Right. I trust you. Right. Yeah. Maybe the Rasalka are spooky, but you're telling me they're not that bad. Okay. I shouldn't assume that they are that bad based on the word of somebody who isn't from the culture. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love that the Rasalka are related to specific holidays that she mentions and talks about how they there's a relationship tentative between the Roman festival of Rosalia and the Rosalki festival of Rosalia. Um, a lot of this, I do that. But also, you know, maybe you are like me and you've, you're doing Hellenismos or you're doing um, Religio Romana. And you're also looking back at like, okay, well, what, what is my heritage? Right. There are lots of ways that our cultures overlap. And so for the one witch out there who listens to our podcast, who practices Religio Romana, but is also Slavic, you could do both of those holidays together. Yeah. (laughs) You could do both of those holidays together. I also liked um, that the best way she says to commune with those spirits is by wearing uh, virok. Vinok? Vinok. Vinok. I can't yes. read my own handwriting. Sorry, it's an N, not an R. Vinok. <laughs> uh, which is a wreath. Yes. And she talks about it's so personal too, because while the flowers that you put in the wreath, right, what you use, they all have different meaning, but you have to decide what you want you know it's not like one stop shopping you don't just go and now pick up a bunch of dandelions like no like what is it that you want to put in your wreath what does it mean how is it going to help you um do you want to use it for divination like what are you using this wreath for what are you going to do with it and i think that's really interesting because it's such a great way you know we're so much about do your own thing Mm -hmm. and this is a great way of saying okay this is what you have to do but hey how you put it all together, that's all you. So do and, your own thing. And right at the end, she talks about using your wreath as divination. Yeah. And that is another, like, you make the decision. You do right. you, and then you read what reality is telling you. Yes. Right? It's it's almost not, I wouldn't, I hesitate to even call it divination because I think it's so much more personal than that. Right. I think that when you say divination, sometimes that means like, I'm going to read cards on somebody else or like, I'm right. going to read about the future. This right. is personal oh, prophecy. Yep. And I think that that is something that we should do more of. Mm. Like we as witches, I don't, I think that we should listen to the omens of our choices more often. Cause I think sometimes you get people who are asking the cards, the same question over and over and over yeah. And the universe has told them clearly this is what's going on. And sometimes you just need to look at the the things around you and say, all right, how are they reacting? Because that's going to tell me more than asking my friend if I should dump him. Yeah. You know, I only pull cards on myself once a month, beginning of the month. I, at this point, don't even pull cards for myself. That's what I do. Well, I have it in my bujo. I like having that page in there. You know, what do I need to know for this month? But and I know people who pull a card a day or whatever. And I'm like, nah, I just want to live my life. Like at some point, just live your life. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
So, but okay, we've so you- talked about this because you're also, I think, much more in tune than I am. Like, I think it's easier for you to listen. Oh, yeah. You know? So, like, I probably should pull cards more because I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm yeah. not doing that. <laughs> um, I don't know if we want to go. It's hard not to go chapter by chapter, but okay. I mean, I, these are things that we've talked about, so I don't think we have to spend a lot of time. The next thing is, um, you're really good with the pronunciations. If you've noticed, I haven't pronounced. I'm one trying thing. my best. Here. I think they sound good. The magic words. Go oh, the, oh, crap! Hold on, I gotta look at the word to say it to you. Oh, zaklinanya. Zaklinanya. Yeah. Zaklinanya. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Ukrainian. It sounds good to me, but I don't know. I'm trying my best. I I apologize to Ukraine for my pronunciation. Yes. So the magic words traditionally passed down mother to daughter. You know, again, this is very specific to this culture, but we've talked about that, that words have power. Right? Yeah. What you say, how you say it. This is all about. This is so annoying. I hate when we go chapter by chapter, but it's. So let's not. No, I'm annoyed at you because you were right. Um, she talks about at the end of this chapter, the structure and mm-hmm. Hellenismos has a similar structure. A lot of cultures have a structure for this is how you do uh, contact with the spirits. And it's good for you to know your culture's structure if you're going to contact your cultural spirits. Nice. Yeah. Damn it. See? All right, fine. Chapter eight um, is the home altar. Again. I think every witch, I shouldn't say every witch, but most witches have a home altar. Yeah. This is a different approach, but it's still the same type of thing, right? Purposes for how to do one, what should be on it, all that kind of stuff. And And I'm going to say this, this is probably one of the most personal ones. I I, I almost feel like, you know, you can read it, but I think this is really like for people from Ukraine. I think that there are some things that are definitely... That definitely overlap but yeah i agree with you this is very ukrainian and then we have the vidma the witch that's the next chapter yes so let us begin she says there's a blend of traditional christianity and older folk magic practices that are a hallmark of ukrainian faith so this is in the same chapter of the witch And then she goes on to talk about all the different magical practitioners that there are. Yes. That to me was kind of surprising because I kind of thought she was going to talk about like the witch, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, the archetype of the witch, but really she's talking about different kinds. So the Vidma is a witch, someone who knows, in other words, a wise woman. Hey, isn't that what Wicca is? Mm Mm-hmm. The wise, okay. Ugh. I can't pronounce this. The snakharka is a cunning woman, a healer, an herbalist. And I just think it's really interesting that you know we always talk about no witch can know everything. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not an astrology witch. You're an astrology witch. That's fine. And this is like the I don't know. Is it me or is it the first time that we're actually seeing that kind of setup? Like, okay, you are this kind of witch. You are that kind of witch. I don't know. 
I don't remember anything we've ever done before this moment. <laughs> okay. But, no, I don't have the brain cells, but I do think that there, I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe we have seen it before, but something feels different in reading this. It does. And maybe it is part of that, you know, for me, the unlocking of cultural history as opposed to like societal futurism. Mm. But also, like, none of these are necessarily bad. No, none. And that's pretty, that's, I think, different. I feel like there's always, like, the the Chaklunka or the Chaklun mm-hmm. sometimes does bad spells. So they do, they do negative They magic. cast spells. The but spell they also caster. use those spells to empower and enrich themselves. Like, everybody right. here is pretty chill. And I yeah. feel like there was always, in all of the previous texts we've read, there was always at least one word. Where it was like, this is the bad one. Right. And we don't have that here. So let's There's go over no all of them one. just really quickly. So then we have the vo- Voroska. Voroshka. Voroshka. There's a zh. Oh, zh. Voroshka. <laughs> is a soothsayer, a fortune teller. Right? So they can read cards, dice, palms, tea leaves, all that stuff. Then we have the one you just mentioned, the sorceress. Pronounce the other one. Baba. Yeah, totally. Baba Shep- Sheptuka. Okay. Sheptuka. So- Okay, and that is, and now this one I thought was really cool. It's the crone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She says here, the whispering grandmother. And I kind of like that. Anyway, um, so she's also like, does powerful magical medicine and things of that kind. Then we have the Molfarka. Which and is, this a is a head pers- witch, like a, a traveler. Right, that goes between the worlds. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And she says they're similar to the Siberian shaman. Mm-hmm. So after she mentions the Mofalka, the person that travels between the worlds, is when she then goes on to sacred objects and things that they use or things that you can use. Um, I guess if you are one. Yeah. And some so. of those are things that like you will see in other witchcrafts right talismans stones rings but some of them are definitely unique yes and she even tells you how to make a mofa yes so you're not alone in this like it's not just like okay so if i wanted to do this what would i do next and i love her section right at the end about like okay so what's baba yaga is she a witch is she a sorceress what is she or is she everything all rolled up into one and I think that's that's kind of nice too because I don't know I'm like I'm like kind of moving away from labels I guess, mm. and I think that's something that you that probably happens like after a while of being in a practice. But like I don't know, I I don't care so much what I am like if I'm a an astro witch or a kitchen witch or a whatever like I'm just a witch. So that at the end to be like, well, Baba Yaga might be everything. You have to figure it out for yourself. Like, that's nice. Like, yeah. Do you want a label? Here's some. Do you not want a label? Right. Yeah. So can we jump to chapter 15? I feel like for the sake of time. Yeah, um, that's fair. She's got the deck. I mean, maybe we should just mention what the other ones are. Oh, well, okay. I do want to talk about uh, chapter 13 because I want to- no, it's the spindle. The decorated no, egg. The eggs. Yes, the cra- okay. um okay. Krashanki and the pisanki. Yes. Very brief. Um, pisanki are super cute. There's a lady on TikTok. I don't have TikTok anymore, but she does pisanki on TikTok, and they're super, super intricate and cool. 
Um, and if you well, could explain like, what they are. Oh yeah, that's smart. Uh, uh, <laughs> just follow her on TikTok. You'll figure it out. Um, Pisanki is a decorated egg uh, where you use, you know, like in the, if you've ever done Easter eggs, same vibe where you like dunk them in the dye, but you use wax to cover up certain sections so that the dye can't get to them. And it makes these beautiful, like stained glass, uh, Fabergé egg, intricate designs that are so beautiful. And you can actually, in it, if, if we're looking to support Ukrainian people, you can actually buy like jewelry and necklaces and even whole eggs designed by Ukrainian people to have, to, to be able to have some of that art and to also see them in person is so it's, it's insane. The, the intricacy and the detail that these people can get on these teeny tiny little eggshells. So teeny tiny. It's a, ugh, obsessed, obsessed with it. It was a thing I knew about before the book. And so reading okay. about like the historical and cultural aspects of it are super interesting and valuable, but also everybody should just buy some Pisanki art because it's stunning. Yeah. And she does tell you how to do it. I mean, she's got the ingredients there on how to do that. Mostly these are done to like um, ward off like evil eye yes. protection, that type of thing. Then after that is the loom. Then we yes. have the spindle or maybe that came before. I don't remember. But I wanted to get, it came before the spindle, then that, then the loom. Yes. Chapter 15, the hair. Yes. I was not, ex and when we say hair, we're not talking about a rabbit. We're talking about the hair that comes out of your head. Yes. I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, not that I was expecting anything in particular, but I don't think I've ever seen a book where anybody's talking about hair magic or the importance of hair or anything like that. And I feel like in the U.S., when we still have these quote unquote rules on what is acceptable mm -hmm. for people's hair, especially depending on how curly your hair is, what is acceptable to have this idea of let's talk about hair. The magic of hair to me was lovely. Yeah. I also liked that Baba Yaga is tenderheaded because I'm also tenderheaded and I like to see that representation. <laughs> it's really important okay. to me. I just think it's that term has always been funny to me, tender-headed. I I don't think that it's so here's the deal. As a white woman, tender-headed is probably different contextually. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh I do do people not like does it not hurt your scalp when people are pulling on your hair? Like I just it's I for me it feels if like mean. I <laughs> Nor it's it should be normal for you to have problems if people are tugging on your hair. Like, come on. So I was raised by a woman who <laughs> we're just roasting your mom today. <laughs> I love her so much though. She would have to put my hair in braids mm -hmm. before bed. And the pain that I would have until it subsided and I could go to sleep, the braids were so tight. They were just so tight. And I remember one time my brother saying, you're you're giving her a facelift he didn't use the word facelift but he used something because mm -hmm. literally my skin was being pulled and oh i would look goodness. at him like help me just help me my face is just being pulled apart so so yeah you can pretty much do anything to my scalp now i don't care right nothing don't. bothers me i have not worked up the courage to tell my hairdresser that she is too rough with my hair but i do have to do that next time and i'm like really not looking forward to it it's fine I'll, your I'll sister's not doing your hair anymore no i pay a girl now Oh, like a responsible adult. Okay. I love her. She's super sweet. I just yeah. haven't said anything yet. I just suffer every time. She definitely doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. The other thing about the hair that I really like is talking about the trimming rituals and the the 
sacredness with which the hair is, is treated, I think is really, that's another thing that I think we're missing modern America. I think that like a lot of people don't treat their hair like it's important. Mm. And I'm saying that as a person who regularly has bleached her own hair until it fried. So like, this is really, I'm adding myself. Um, But this idea of like trimming your hair to change your conditions, growing your hair to increase your power, timing when you cut your hair for certain effects based on the days. Why not? We all, most of us have hair. Why not do something about it magically? I would love to, except I get my hair done on the weekend. I don't really care if there's a better day to do it because I work and I don't want to be in the salon. But I do want to say this. There's a quote that I'm going to use that she wrote as Baba Yaga, right? Mm -hmm. So she says, however, when you want to be your authentic self, let your locks flow freely. With your hair loose, you can connect to the wild divine. Yes. Right? Wear your hair how you want to. I'm not going to tell anybody how they should wear their hair. But be you, Mm -hmm. right? Your hair is an extension of you. Wear it naturally if that's what makes you happy. This idea that certain hair is wrong makes me crazy. Mm -hmm. It's hair. Okay? It has nothing to do. It's the same thing with hair, long nails, tattoos, makeup, whatever. What makes somebody happy? Yeah. Right? Like, you've got to be kidding me. So I love that she says that. It's like telling everybody, be you. (coughs) Well, I think she also, I've seen a lot, at least on my end, of people veiling now. And I think that braiding is kind of the similar energy in this book of like putting away your hair, putting it in braids, or in the case of veiling, putting a cover on it is also a traditional thing that has been historically used to like conserve or conceal your power or protect your energy. Mm -hmm. A thing that like we kind of now associate with a few religious groups. Like I know that Hasidic women cover their hair. I know that some Muslim women cover, cover their hair, but basically nobody covers their hair anymore. And it can be, if you'd like to spiritually protective, it can be a way that you do protection and I think I'm traditional why not look back at a thing that people have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years and find a way to do it for yourself too you know having your hair in braids might be something that helps you to feel like more structured more supported and then when you let your hair out you can be wild and loose maybe you want to put you know a, a cap or um, a veil or a scarf or something on when you want to feel like more insular or more invisible to the people around you like people have been doing that for forever do it if you want to you know it's funny because i do different things to my hair and i have to admit when i do my hair in a pinup style that's not me Mm -hmm. right so if i meet somebody with that hair and then they see me with my hair without doing all that there's always a moment for me that feels a little bit weird Mm -hmm. because I know it's my hair, but that's not my hair. Because you're being perceived. Yeah. Right. So when my hair is, you know, really rockabilly out, I really like it. Like, and that's what people, because they're like, why do you do it sometimes? And I'm like, well, sometimes because it's like I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. 
right? Those hairstyles are not how anybody's hair looks. Okay, yeah. you have to do a lot of crap to your hair to get it to look like that. So it's it's kind of a way of hiding your hair and still having your hair out in plain sight. And I think yeah. some hairdos do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's not even to discuss like wigs. Right. Right. Because that's total. That's completely another option. There are also cultures that have been like, all right, put hair on your hair. And that counts as veiling too. Yeah. Look at Moira Rose and shit's yeah. great. Her wigs. So she does talk about everything to do with hair from how to wash your hair, when you should wash your hair, right? Um, you know, just different things. A love spell, grabbing your beloved's hair. And I thought, all right. Girl. And I tell my kids all the time, don't let anybody take your hair. Yeah, no, ever. Don't ever. brush your hair at your boyfriend's house don't, or your girlfriend's house or your partner's house. Don't don't leave hair in their car. Like, don't let anybody have your hair. Mm -mm. Come on. Okay, so for the sake of time, because I think we're getting to that time, I think we maybe should like skip a little bit yeah. more and then like just get to the end because I feel like we're not going to... I think you guys have the gist. This is a book. I'm going to say it's a must read. I think you have to pick it up. We are going to put at least one of these books in our lending library. Yes. Because this is a must read. I think every witch, I don't care where you come from, you need to read this. This is, this is such a beautiful book. And this would be a great book to give to somebody, even if they're not Ukrainian right? Yeah. Just you want to have something from another culture. You you want to see connections, make connections. This is a beautiful book. So we thought we would end with chapter 17, which is mother. I don't know why I said it as a question, <laughs> which is mother earth. Yes. Um, and I, I want to use a quote from the Baba Yaga section. Okay. The first thing she says is, as the old saying goes, don't look up at the heavens. There is no bread there. As you get closer to earth, you get closer to bread and God, it just, the problem is it leads me to so many things. And I I've been on Instagram talking about, you know, doing more divine mother stuff. Um, but also thinking about, you know, the book of Lilith and talking about all of these places where we've read before about like, Oh, there was a mother goddess and the goddess got supplanted mother earth as a representation, like earth as the representation of the mother is everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And sometimes we have to stop looking at the heavens and start looking where there's bread. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this is not the only culture to talk about this reverence for the earth. Yeah. And when you think about so many pagan cultures, that's number one. I mean, our whole wheel of the year, if you follow it, is about agriculture and the changes in the season. Yeah. Why? Because it's important because this is where we get our bread. Like you just said, this is where we live. How do we not have respect and cherish the earth above all things? Because she is our ultimate, everybody's mother. So she talks about healing using earth energy, not just yourself, somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, even, hey, invoking curses. She talks about harvest time. You know, it's, I think for witches, if you're Wiccan or traditional, this chapter, it, gets, a lot yeah. of, it feels very homey. It feels very much because she even talks about, she has a whole thing here when she has an incantation. Turn towards the east. And she's talking about Mother Earth. To the south, to the west, to the north. Mm -hmm. And it, it brings in the elements, but it's really all about Earth. So it's not like one is earth and the other's yeah. fire and the other. No, no, no. We're doing all of this because she is everywhere. 
she is at the east and the north and the south and the west. So, you know, I really like that. And I think even though I said I wasn't going to use anything, I could see that being something yeah. that I would want to at least have written out somewhere that I could look at, even if I wasn't, because I, I really like that. And she talks about places you can connect, right? Caves, canyons, cemeteries. That's something else that we've seen, this idea of using cemetery dirt. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm surprised when I see it here. Cause again, I'm like, wow, how many other cultures feel the same way? Mm -hmm. The fields, the forest, and even houses, your own home. Where is it on the earth? What are the materials that made it? Where did you get it? It didn't come from an alien UFO. It came from the earth. So yeah, I thought that was really great. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely for me. It's a lot, there's a lot of thinking going on, you yeah. know? And I think that that chapter is so, is one of the ones that gives me so much pause because it is something that I am thinking a lot about now, as far as this whole like motherhood journey goes. Um, but also you gotta have, you gotta have something. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I come back to this idea of like, we're so we're looking so far to the future. It's, you know, Elon Musk wants to build a spaceship to bus a whole people, a bunch of people to terraform Mars. And then you're going to be indentured servants. And we're like reinventing the wheel when instead we could just find whatever personal connection we need and touch the fucking earth. Yeah. And yeah. it, the more that I think about it, the more that it is, an individual and personal journey that everybody has to go on where like you have to figure out, okay, who is mother earth to you? Yeah. And I loved this particular Ukrainian interpretation and I will not personally be using it, but I, I think that reading this book in the way that you do going through all the chapters, reading the stories and then hearing from Baba Yaga and then hearing from Madame Hamida does something to you. Yeah. It just did something to me so powerfully where I'm like, I, I want to do, I care about stuff differently than I did before I read this. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to be Ukrainian, I'm not going to become Ukrainian about it, but it, it was really helpful and I really enjoyed it. And I really do suggest other people read it regardless of what your practice is. Yeah. Like I said, this is, everyone should read this book. You're just going to get you're going to feel good at the end. I, I, and I don't know that I say that about witchcraft books. Yeah. I don't feel badly at the end, but there's something about this book that makes you feel good when you're reading it. It makes me want to eat bread. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but yeah. So thank you to the person who suggested we read this. And, and thank you to Madame Pamita for writing it. Yeah. And maybe we need to reach out to her and see yeah. if she would like to come on. I think that so would let be us know. Let us know if you think. Yes, tell us. Tell us. Tell us everything. Shoot but, us um, a DM uh, on Instagram yeah. at witchfaceco or email us witchfaceco at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you, obviously, because we change our whole podcast schedule to fit what you want. So tell us how you feel about this book. Tell us how you feel about any books. If you want something on the spreadsheet, let us know. Yeah, we are all too happy to accommodate because let's face it. We're never going to run out of topics, but why yeah. not talk about the things that you want us to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. And this is it. We only have 
two more episodes to go for 2023. Is it two? Am I wrong? Three. Three episodes? It's we're almost done. 2023 is almost over, which is, this is insane. Cuckoo bananas. Yeah, it really cuckoo is. Bananas. Yeah. Thank you guys for being the most wonderful audience in the world for giving us the opportunity to do this year in and year out over and over. Thank you. It's amazing. We love you. I'm just going to bask in that for a minute that people like listen to us and want us to do this. Really great. Thank you to Conwin Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs>